Chances are you have visited the Magic Kingdom fashioned by Disney, or you may have toured the Highlands in the history of the United Kingdom. Maybe you are someone who loves the Animal Kingdom. In all such kingdoms, we are only observers, outsiders looking in. And yet, as Eugene O'Neill stated, we remain obsessed by fairy tale, and we spend our lives searching for a magic door and a lost kingdom of peace. Indeed, we do want to be an important part of something significant, something peaceful and beautiful and rich with adventure. There is such a kingdom waiting and wanting us. There is a door to that kingdom we can open, and there's a loving king who wants to share his kingdom with us. That kingdom is full of wonder and priceless revelations. As a famous English clergyman also once penned, God wants us all to share his kingdom and has a role for us all in it. Can that really be true? With the purpose of building up the body of Christ through local discipleship, national partnerships, and international support of indigenous missionary activity, welcome to Hope Builders International. Thollander. I'm here on a kind of a rainy Friday afternoon with my good friend Robert King. Robert and I have been in fellowship for a good number of years here in home meetings and men's meetings and hanging out together in Charlottesville. And um, The only thing I would say to you about Robert is that I wish you could meet him and I wish you could meet his wife Vicki because they are people who seek the heart of God and I know my life has been positively changed by Robert and Vicki and our fellowship, and I'm really grateful for that. So welcome, Robert, to uh, Thanks, the HIV podcast. Thank you. Robert has a long Christian history, and uh, so I just thought I'd start. We're going to talk today about what I think is just a central issue in God's working with us and the planet, and that's his kingdom. This is just yeah. a subject that's so important. So, Robert, as you think about the kingdom of God and, and growing up, what kind of was your take on that? And I guess I would say that uh, I thought of Jesus being a high king uh, in a throne room, uh, kind of like what you would think of in English history. Uh, there would be a, a king that was elevated, uh, sitting on a throne, wearing a crown and all kinds of jewels surrounded by uh, adoring uh, fawning uh, respectful <laughs> fearful people uh, asking for favors so so my picture of the kingdom would would be a, a remote place uh, yeah. it's a throne room I'd have to enter in you know on my best behavior and my mm-hmm. in my best clothes Mm-hmm. And when I left, I would have to back out uh, yeah. respectfully. I, I remember as a kid, in, I grew up in San Francisco, and I remember being downtown Market Street and 
seeing this old guy with a straggly beard and had a big sign, you know, it said, repent, you know, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Okay. And all I can remember thinking is, man, do I really want to go there? You know, I mean, it just looked so uninviting uh, in that sense, you know. So uh, I just love to say up front, that is not the impression. That is not the impression of the kingdom of God that the Lord wants me to have. This kingdom is really something very different, very inviting, you know, than that impression that I had. Well, and it's a, it's also an, an impression about the king himself. Right. And, and what, do, what kind of God uh, are we dealing with here? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so he would be, you know, in my, in my vision of it, he would be, again, uh, lofty, distant, mm-hmm. aloof, yeah. uh, probably not very in touch with my everyday problems or struggles he's he oh he's got he's got bigger and better things to think about Mm -hmm. you know is it important that we be oriented around this kingdom that we understand the kingdom and have some kind of relationship to it well i'm I'm like you uh most of my life i've been shying away from that kingdom Mm -hmm. because uh, in, a, in the United States, we don't relate well to kings. That's a good point. We don't we don't know yeah. about kingliness. That's a, that's a great point. royalty. Yeah, and so so it, it was just beyond me. Yeah. On, on the other hand, as as you read the Gospels, you're seeing Jesus focus so much of his of his message. He says the kingdom is like the kingdom is like. He tells us in story after story, parables, all, yeah. all over the place. He says, the, the first thing that he comes out right out of the box, he says, the kingdom of God is here. Yeah. You know, yeah. change, change your mind. Yeah. The king. And so, so throughout the whole of the New Testament, the, king, the kingdom is this huge theme, but it's kind of like some foreign language to, to me. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I mean, I've obviously read a lot about this. And, I mean, kingdom kingdom language shows up really early in the Bible. In fact, Genesis 1, you know. the How early? <laughs> yeah, God, God wants a man who will rule the earth, yeah. who will have dominion over. You know, and that's, that's kingdom talk. You know, in the Old Testament, God says, I'm going to make you a kingdom of priests. And, in fact... God wanted to be their king. He didn't want Israel to have a king other than right. himself. So there is a, this kingdom reality that we're talking about today. John the baptizer shows up. It's interesting we call him John the Baptist. You know, I mean, what we ought to call him really is, is John the Revolutionary. Baptism is not threatening. You know, there's not really that, that much threatening about putting a person in water or whatever the bat. But here is this guy, this revolutionary, and right. what's he saying? He's saying, repent. Why? For the kingdom of the heavens mm-hmm. is at hand. We talked about the heavens in our last podcast, heaven and the heavens. And so there's a relationship here between the heavens, this realm where God lives, and Jesus coming, preceded by John, who's saying, repent, for the kingdom of the heavens is at hand. Now, when you hear that statement, repent, for the kingdom of the heavens is at hand. Where has that taken you historically? 
Well, it's uh, it's not a pretty picture, you know. <laughs> when when you hear repent, the body language that accompanies repent is usually a grimace and a forceful kind of threatening. Get your stuff together here. Right. Get your act together. Yeah. Or else, and and that's that's the typical response that that. <laughs> And is that, that and is that the response that God was looking for oh, no. with John the Baptizer with John? I mean, what was he Absolutely really saying not. there? Yeah, um, you know, I've, I've done some reading on this, and and this this really blows my mind, Robert. You know, just if you look at the word repent, and because when you hear that, when you hear the expression repent for the kingdom of the heavens is at hand, how many of us get past the word repent? No. <laughs> you know, we're just stuck we, We're stuck there, you know, exactly. How did we get stuck there? Because the word is, is metanoia. That's the original word was metanoia, which means uh, change your mind. I mean, it, we know that, but it's kind of a military word, actually. And so many of these words we're going to talk about really have a have a, a base in, in military vocabulary. It was a military word, and the idea was there's a new regime coming. You know, there's a new way of thinking coming. So mm-hmm. you really, you need to stop what you're doing and you need to prepare yourself for the, the new thing that's coming. And here we've taken that. So that was what repentance is really about. Now, could that include changing your way of thinking about how you're behaving or feeling bad and all that? Sure, of course. Right. You know, there are certain behaviors you're, you want to say that was wrong but now it's a turning to get a new way of thinking and here's john the baptizer coming in front of jesus saying there is a kingdom coming there's a new kingdom coming and it's coming now and so you need to get ready to have a whole new mindset about how to think about it and how you're going to be living we're going to get to that in a little bit but what happened well somewhere over time when the latin vulgate was written Mm -hmm. What they did was they took the word metanoia and they traded it for pinatentia. Well, what does pinatentia sound like? Yeah, penitence. Penitence. Penance. Yeah, right. You you need to repent. You need to do penance. You need to feel bad about who you are. And and that's we moved from metanoia, getting a new mindset, to which was focused on what was coming, the kingdom, to you feeling bad about (laughs) who you are and what you've done. And and so we've been stuck there ever since. And, you know, isn't it time to get back to, you know, the kingdom is not about me being in a state of feeling bad or feeling guilty or feeling worried. And, of course, behind that, like you said before, is your idea of who God is. What kind of God is he? What kind of kingdom is he bringing? Do I want to be in on it well, when it that's, comes? That's another great question. So, I didn't want to be on it, but yeah, yeah. But so, so, so John is coming and and he's saying, actually, I think he's he's speaking to the hope in every human being mm-hmm. because every Absolutely. person wants to change. Yeah. Every one of us mm-hmm. wants change. I mean that that's that's yeah. why. That's why politicians use that word, mm-hmm. and why it's such a powerful thing. I'll I'll bring you change. Mm-hmm. So here's all these people out there 
listening to John, and he says, guess what, people? The change that you've longed for is here. It's, it's about to come, mm-hmm. you know. And, and, when, and when Jesus comes on the scene, guess what? The change you've always wanted in your life is available to you. And the word repentance has come to me to mean that this change of mind, mm-hmm. this, this, this embracing of a new way of looking at God, a new way of looking at myself in relation to him mm-hmm. that offers hope. Repentance is this beautiful offer. Right. That we that we can move out of the the prisons of our own making, you know, of various kinds, all kinds of oppression right. and, and problems that that right. we have. We can move beyond them out into into what and, God wants for us. Well, and what makes that possible? And what makes it possible is the coming of this new kingdom. Yeah. The presence of the king. The presence of the king. That's exactly what makes it possible. So John is announcing the presence of the coming king. Indeed. Um, yeah. The opening verse of Matthew's gospel. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. So, you know, first impressions are important. So here's our right. first impression of Jesus Christ. He's the son of David. Okay, why is that important? Right. The king of Israel. He's the yeah. son of the king. Yeah. So he, here comes the king. In the lineage in of the royalty. Lineage of David. Right. The son of Abraham. Why is that important? Here, as we meet Jesus, we're meeting the king, and we're meeting the one. Abraham's name had two meanings. The one who crossed over. <laughs> crossing yeah. over into the new yeah. land. And the father of a new nation. So here's Jesus Christ yeah. okay. coming as a king but coming to begin a new nation. And what is the hope of that nation, if not his life? He's bringing the life out of the heavens that's going to enable us to live with hope in this new kingdom. So here's our introduction to Jesus Christ. Yeah. Again, because we we don't think a lot about this, and I think we're so aware of it, but as we track Jesus Christ, and you mentioned this earlier, he's introduced as the son of David. Um, the wise men come looking, and who hmm. are they looking for? <laughs> a king. They're looking for the one that's born king of the Jews. Yeah. Um, you know, when he stands before Pilate, Pilate asks him, are you a king? He says, you said that I am. When he's yeah. crucified, what's the sign over on the cross say? The king of the Jews. Yeah. King of the Jews. So uh, mm. here is this focus on Jesus being the king, bringing the life of this kingdom uh, to the planet, opening that door, making that available for us. Talk to me a little bit in, from your experience mm. about why that's important, this life that Jesus brings. I tried to live uh, under my own strength for most of my years, uh, according to my own uh, ability, I would try to be like Jesus. That's what the Sunday school teacher taught me. Mm. And I said, okay, 
here I go. <laughs> here, I, here I'm going to try. And uh, you know how that turned out. It, it yeah. never turns out very well. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't turn out well when, when I'm limited to my own resources as a human being. Mm-hmm. And that, again, that God is, is on a different level from me. He's separated by this great gulf <laughs> that heaven is way up there or out there and I'm over here right. trying to live the, the, the power of Jesus coming to me coming here mm-hmm. bringing his divine life and making his life available mm-hmm. for me that means I can relax and just receive what he's giving me yeah. yeah in the morning when i wake up it's re- this is really practical you know you, you say you say jesus you're here thank you yeah. for a good night's sleep or for a not so good night's sleep or whatever mm-hmm. but but i'm recognizing your presence yeah. i'm i'm acknowledging yeah. uh connect that king jesus you are here connect yeah. that to the lord's statement that we've all as believers heard so many times Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and the rest shall be added to you. Yeah. What does that What does that mean yeah. to you now in light of what you just said? Well, it means that I can take my attention off of my incapacity, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and I can focus it on his mm. ability, his, his life. His righteousness is is all the righteousness that that I need. I want to I want to digress a little bit from the book and talk about something that relates to this, and it's actually mm. the word apostle, because we talk about mm. you know Paul, of course, was the great apostle. You know, there's a verse in Hebrews that calls Jesus the great high priest and apostle of our confession, yeah. and this whole all these things are connected. So I just want to talk a little bit about this word apostle mm. in the context of what we're talking about. Because what was an apostle? You know, we think nowadays it's a title of, I don't know, some superstar Christian. <laughs> you know, the word apostle, again, this was a military term. And the word, and a person who was an apostle was sent out by a government actually to bring the culture of the home country into the area that where the apostle was going. He was an envoy, maybe a naval attache or something like that. And the apostle carried the full authority of the home base right. to bring to bear the culture of that realm into the new realm. So like you had these Roman colonies that they would the idea was to recreate Rome in the little colony. So what was Jesus' job? as the apostle of our confession and Paul's job and the others. Their job was, their task was to bring the culture of the heavens to earth and bring that to bear in time on this planet. So this this was the work, of, this was a military, and that's why I said John the Baptist ought to be called John the Revolutionary. I mean, when Jesus came, you said earlier, we're not used to having a king. With kingly culture, we don't get that very well. I mean, for Jesus to come and 
say the kingdom is coming, that would be like you or me going to Saudi Arabia today, for example, mm-hmm. and saying uh, there's a new kingdom coming, and I'm I just I might happen to be that king. Well, if you went to Saudi Arabia today <laughs> and announced that a new kingdom was coming to Saudi Arabia, what do you think would happen to you? <laughs> I'd never be heard of again. I don't think you would. I mean, would the king the, uh, of Saudi Arabia, would they take well to that right. kind of language? Right. I mean, it's obviously it's why all those babies were killed, right. you know, and, the, and Herod went after them. And I mean, here's Jesus. You know, we've heard that we were talking about this a little earlier, the phrase, um, the kingdom is already but not yet. Oh, you know, yeah. and you were saying, well, What's to die for in there? I mean, Jesus literally putting his life on the line, Paul putting his life on the line to advocate for this kingdom. And the reason is because they're bringing this culture out of the heavens to the earth to be made practical in your life as you're talking and in my life. I want to go back to one word you used, and that's the word enjoy. Because I do think... So deep in us, there's this fear there. Somehow, yeah. this fear has been planted, and I know this is a tactic of the enemy, because the last thing he wants to see is this kingdom present, lived yeah. out, expressed, in time, on the earth, because that kingdom puts his kingdom to fly. Oh, and in the shade. Yeah. See, it, so it, I just want to just go back like to that a, word enjoy yeah. for a minute and ask you, so what are you saying about God's intentions there with this kingdom and the kind of kingdom that it will be it is for us to live under his rule yes but it is it is a it's a submission mm-hmm. it's a submission to to love mm. to love itself and all that love means wow. you know maybe someone would ask well what what does this divine life look like First and foremost, it looks like Jesus, <laughs> but but I could also describe Jesus as as displaying and expressing what love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. You, you recognize these? Yeah, absolutely. Kindness, goodness, meekness, self-control. you know, gentleness, self control. Mm-hmm. Against such things, there is no law, mm-hmm. man. So so. Talk about freedom from from law or freedom from from the shame of not living up to. Mm. Um, wow. So that's the kind of life that we're filled with. That's a great point, you know, because I was thinking about, you know, when Jesus showed it up, John says of him, we beheld his glory glory as of the only begotten from the father so this kingdom and its coming is reflected by in glory and this is the glory of the father reflected in the son so the father's produce if you will the father what the father begets is connected with glory and to tie yeah, that yeah. that's the the nature the <clears throat> imprint is going to be on this kingdom as opposed to the word you just used shame yeah. which is the imprint of the enemy's kingdom or the other things guilt and so forth those are the imprints that what this world offers right. but here's a kingdom that's coming 
That's reflected with glory. Yeah, instead of hiding, instead of hiding, it is revealing. Yeah, you know, the glory, yeah. glory to me is 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 like a like a, a flower exploding into blossom. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, coming out and showing oneself. That's we beheld his glory. Mm-hmm. Glorify your glorify mm-hmm. yourself, yeah. Father. Yes, I have glorified myself. You know, I'm revealing myself. Mm-hmm. So, how does that relate to us? Instead of hiding, mm-hmm. instead of a life of hiding, mm-hmm. which is again the hallmark of 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 the kingdom of darkness. Mm-hmm. Man, in the kingdom of God, there is there is revealing. And it's freedom. opening. Yeah, to freedom to be yourself. These things are so closely related to the kingdom. You know, Luke 22. Uh, I love this passage. Jesus is with the disciples. He says, I've earnestly desired. So here's here's the passion mm, of the Lord yeah. Jesus. I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you. Why? Before I suffer. For I say to you, I shall not eat it again until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. So here's the final Mm -hmm. Passover, the culminating Passover. You know, he took the cup, he gave thanks, he gave it to them. He said, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine from now on until the kingdom of God comes. He takes the bread, he gives thanks, he breaks it. So here's this Passover, the most important Old Testament Mm -hmm. uh, feast and it's, it's directly related to the coming of the kingdom. I mean, whatever our experiences with the Passover, whatever our experiences with the Lord's Supper, and that's a whole other podcast mm-hmm. waiting to be <laughs> examined. But our experience really of the Passover, the Lord's Supper, taking the bread and the wine, really is supposed to be directing us to the kingdom that, you're, that we're talking about today, this kingdom of glory, this kingdom of life. This kingdom that has its source in another realm. But here the Lord, he is about to give himself. He's going to be the bread. He's going to be the wine. And through this Passover experience that he's about to go through, a new kingdom is going to be born. Just like in the Old Testament, the new nation of Israel yep. came out of the, on the other side of the yep. Passover. Here now, after through Jesus' death, resurrection... And here's Jesus again as the apostle going into the grave so that he can bring the culture of this heavenly yes. kingdom to us, right. into us. So um, so when does that kingdom come then? Yeah. And so the tendency is to to put the coming of the kingdom off into the, you know, right. to the end of the age. Uh, rather than realizing that the kingdom has come here. And, and that all of God's good promises, all of the shadows of the Old Testament are fulfilled yeah. in Jesus Christ and his presence yeah. as the life-giving spirit right, right now. Amen. So, well, so let's, the let's, fulfillment of, of every good purpose of yeah. God. Let's, let's follow the story, okay? Jesus says, I'm eating, I've really looked right. forward to eating this Passover because I'm not going to do it again until it's fulfilled. Until I have become 
the bread for you until I have become the wine for you. So Jesus goes to the grave, right? crucified, resurrected. Give us the timeline. <laughs> you know, we totally went through this in the spirit chapter, I believe. Yep. Ascends to the Father. Yep. He is glorified in the Father's presence, which somehow he becomes the life-giving spirit, as you just said. Yep. He re-enters the room. He breathes his spirit into them. Yeah. And then he cha- and then he tasks them, go, as the living Father right. sent me. So now I'm yep. sending you. And yep. listen, this, we, this is not a passage we know well. But listen to this. It, Peter, in Acts 10, verse 40, says this. God raised him, Jesus, up on the third day and granted that he became visible. God, you know, the Mm. Lord loves being in spirit, but the Father did those disciples a favor. He let Jesus become visible again for a while. So he became visible, not to all the people, but to witnesses who were chosen beforehand by God. To us. To do what? Who did what with him? Yeah. <laughs> to us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. So there you have the fulfillment there you have it. of the kingdom. Can you see them in the room? Yeah. Jesus host, lifting the wine and yes. saying, this wine is in you. Yes. Jesus lifting the bread saying, now the bread is in you. The kingdom has come. The kingdom yeah. is here. And then what did, you know, for the 40 days they were together, what did they talk about? Yeah. The kingdom. Jesus presented himself alive, appearing to them 40 days and doing what? Speaking of the things concerning the kingdom of God. Yeah. Now, would he have been speaking to them about something that was happening Way off. Some thousands of years no. later. You know, a couple thousand. Yeah, what's to die for there? That's right. To ask your question. That's right. That's right. So, so you know, what you've just proclaimed, Lance, is that the kingdom has come. Now, that's such, uh, it's stirring. It's stirring when we hear that. Yeah. And, and, and know Jesus is here. The king is here. Yeah. The life of God, the very divine life of God is here, available for us as a community to receive. And we just need to be reminded of this over and over, you know. I mean, um, what difference can it make to have a, a, a broader understanding of the kingdom of God and its relevance to us and its reality today to me, to our listeners, to a person out there who's wondering about this kingdom is this just another religious word yeah that i need to look up and right. and understand yeah uh no man we're we're talking about the presence of this of of divine life god choosing <laughs> choosing me from love coming the distance to to embrace my life every every bit of my life not just the, not just the good parts, and this this is the real difference it makes for me because I, I used to think that if I was if I was soiled in any way by the world, mm-hmm. that God would really have nothing to do with me. 
he would shout from the other room, Mm -hmm. get cleaned up, son, Mm -hmm. and then come into my presence. Mm -hmm. I'm realizing, no, he's not waiting for me to get cleaned up. Mm -hmm. He has come into my world as, as imperfect as that world is. But he has, he has come to me on his initiative rather than me uh, having to try, having to change my ways and, uh, uh, and in order to enter into his presence. So, you know, practically, I, I get up in the morning and, and know that my God is here and that I have no distance to travel you know, to find him yeah. or to, yeah. You know, and to, and seeking him isn't going, uh, to the depths of Africa to, to find him at a great distance and at great cost. No, it's seeking him is, is as simple as turning inward with my attention mm-hmm. and knowing that his life is within me. Mm-hmm. That makes a difference. Yeah. For me, I have to say, it's been very helpful for many, many years of my life. You know, I gave myself to the church. Yeah. I I sought first the church, and whatever that meant, you know, in my realm of experience. But I sought to serve the church, and I sought. And, you know, ultimately that did not satisfy the desire of my heart. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. in some ways it alienated me from other Christians. Yeah. It made me proud. I, I was seeking something that was less than really what the Lord invited me to seek, which was his kingship. his And not just his kingship, but living in that nation. You know, yeah. it's a bigger thing than me. It's not about me trying to make it all make sense. It's not about me living the abundant Christian life. It's not about me. I'm a part of a, of a kingdom Well, with other believers, and we're seeking to know the presence of the king among us yeah. and to experience the culture of his realm right you know as opposed to the culture of this realm yeah so this king is called the king of kings yeah about that i love that because to live in his culture (laughs) guess what lance (laughs) we get to share his royalty how about that now that's that is beyond any human king we've ever heard of how about that so he is the king not of slaves. He's yeah. not the king of servants. Yeah. He's not the king of uh, peasants. Yeah. He's not the king, uh, you know, just of uh, even nobility. Mm-hmm. He is the king of kings. That means wow. that as we uh, are learning to live in this new culture, mm-hmm. we're starting to realize, oh, there's royalty in my blood. Yeah, Amen. I'm called to be a king. You have a right to live in that realm. Yeah, and and even a calling, that high calling, yeah. to rise up to to the status, you know, yeah. of kingliness. You know, it's amazing. I mean, we there's a day coming. You know, Jesus it says in First Corinthians 15 is going to deli- deliver up the kingdom to God. When he has abolished all rule and all authority and all power, for he must reign until he has put all enemies under his feet. 
uh, in Revelation 12, it, you know, John writes, I heard a loud voice singing, saying, Now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, yes. the guy that accuses us day and night before our God. Um, so that happy, that glad day, mm. you know, is coming. And I guess just to try to, you know, make it somewhat, we have a part. You know, Jesus has yeah. brought the rule of the heavens into your heart, into my heart, through the Holy Spirit. We've tasted that together. We've sat we've sat in his presence. We've yes. tasted the sweetness of our God. We've seen the we've seen the benefits of his kingdom in our midst just in in so many, you know, in many ways, bringing healing, bringing help, bringing life, bringing love, you know, bringing unity. Yeah, in in closing, uh, I was uh, taken by the the words of Jesus. Jesus says, the Father has chosen gladly to give you the kingdom. That's found in Luke 12. He's chosen gladly to give us the kingdom. Uh, I've, been, I've had a lot of confusion about what the kingdom was. And, and so the king himself kind of gently nudged me and says, well, let, ask me about it. And so that's, that's my uh, encouragement to those listening today is, is if you have questions about the kingdom, if you have fears about it, or if you shy away from it, like we were talking uh, earlier, mm-hmm. ask the king. He is kindly disposed toward you. Mm-hmm. He, he does not keep you at a distance, but invites you into an intimate conversation with him, and he will talk to you about his kingdom and what it means practically in your life. Thank you, Robert, for your help in talking about the kingdom today, and thank you, listeners, for joining us. So join us again on the next edition of the Hope Builders podcast series on exploring the divine, where we will be discussing the important topic of the church. So hope to be with you then. Thank you for listening to Hope Builders International. Discover ways that you can join us with building up the body of Christ by visiting our website at hope-builders.org.